You're listening to The Happy Hour with Nick Sainert and Enrique alvarez Clary on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back into the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Nick and Rico hanging out with you. Uh, just kind of a little bit of a programming note. Tomorrow, we will kind of make it an Oklahoma day. Uh, we'll have audio from Brent Venable's press conference that was earlier this week. Some interesting notes about just Nebraska in general. And he had a really fascinating quote on... Nebraska being on the wrong side of the coin, basically. And he had an interesting quote that we'll play more in depth tomorrow and everything, because I don't I don't have the audio for it for it yet. But it was something along the lines of in this business and in the era of college football, it's not hard to find yourself on the wrong side of the coin. And he's like, It doesn't take a whole lot to be in on the on the wrong side. Mm-hmm. And it, I just thought that was very, very interesting because normally you hear, you know, why didn't it work out? Why isn't Nebraska finding success? Oh, you know, they need to develop players. But in, in in reality, Brent Venables was like, listen, it doesn't take a whole lot to be on the wrong side of the coin. And if you get a couple bad breaks your way, things can start spiraling. I mean, I'm I'm just I'm not going to read the entire text. I'm just going to take a portion of it from from Wet Blanket. I'm just going to take that. Scott Frost was five and twenty in one possession games. You're talking about a, a coin flip. Uh, yeah. Uh, as as Brent Venable said, you know, a couple bad breaks here and there, but that's I'm starting five to realize for also twenty. Rico, I'm also starting to realize, and I made this. So full disclosure, I w- I went on Chris Plank, who we're we're also going to be joined by Chris Plank uh, of Sooners Radio Network tomorrow at one thirty. I went on his show today, and, and he was asking me like, why didn't it work, and. I made the realization when I was talking to to him and his co-host, like Nebraska's Nebraska fans' judgment got clouded. Like our judgment was clouded. How so? In these close games, like last year especially, mm-hmm. we see all these one-score games, mm-hmm. right? And we're we like, were they're, they're close. We, we, they, we kept on saying every single week that they're close. It's just you just got to get just over the hump. Just get over the hump. And it's one of those things, right, where it's so interesting to look back and that's that's my fault for doing that. Number 1 for for believing in that and not seeing the truth. And number 2, it that just illustrates how bad everybody wanted it to work. Is that they were sacrificing what I mean, like sacrificing standards and expectations, solely because you were close. You were the so best many three times. and nine team ever, right? And and looking back now, as we are three games into this season, it is kind of mind boggling. Like I, I think that these last couple days have really given a lot of Husker fans, myself included, some clarity on the entire situation and on the entire four years and change. Is that it's really just kind of. I don't want to say open my eyes, but that's the only 
you know term or, or reference that I can make to how bad it was <laughs> for for however many years, and and just like you know now there's this re, re, revitalized hope in Mickey Joseph, and that hopefully he can uh, provide some energy, and there's some confidence and comfort when your coach and athletic director are on the same page. And what we heard just through the first press conferences between Sunday and Tuesday is that Trev, Trev, I almost called Trevor, Trev Alberts and Mickey Joseph are on the same page because of in Trev Alberts says something along the lines of no one person is not one person is bigger than this athletic department. And on Tuesday, Mickey Joseph said along the line, something along the lines of this athletic department is bigger than me. This whole football program is bigger than me. It's under, yeah, like it's it's there's comfort in that. Like despite all of the the despite the the history being made, despite you know the excitement surrounding everything, Mickey Joseph was saying, "Look, this isn't about me. This is about and he's, this is about these kids. This is about getting these kids to to experience what they haven't experienced yet, and that is you know winning winning more games than you're losing. Yeah. That is that is you know making making something of of a postseason run. Like this is." Just doing this for the kids, which is what Mickey Joseph wants to do. He's like he said, he, this isn't about me. This athletic department is bigger than than just me. This is about these kids. This is about doing what's right for them. And the intensity and the excitement that he shows day in and day out, and the and the things you hear from the kids about Mickey Joseph, like it, it's refreshing and it's it's something well, amazing to hear about about your head coach. Well, I think it also head coach, also sorry. for for fans and for the players, it's a different voice. It's a, it's a different voice. It's a different sound, and, and there's there's purpose in that, I suppose. Um, but I, I just kind of made that realization today while I was talking to talking to Chris Plank down in, in Norman today. It was like, yeah, like we may have gotten our our whole entire like our vision was clouded because uh, of everything that happened. And, and unnamed texter says this once again. You can get in touch with the show four zero two four six four five six eight five. There were a lot of things to tell ourselves that it was about to turn the corner. But we changed a lot of players this offseason, and the same problems are happening. That points the finger at one person. And I think, once again, we I think we mentioned this yesterday. I, I don't know, the last five days have kind of been you know all drawn together. But we mentioned something along the lines of last year when Trev Alberts came out prior to the Ohio State game and said Scott Frost will return for another year. They ended up restructuring the deal, made it to $4 million instead of $5 million. Um, he would get $5 million again if he ends up getting extended past this year mm-hmm. and things like that because Nebraska was coming in to Ohio State off of another one-score loss against Wisconsin on the road. 35-28, to Adrian threw that interception really late in the game. And at that time, we all thought, or there were the, the narrative was, Adrian's turnovers in the late stages of the game <laughs> were the problem. And... So they extend, or you know, they they make the changes to Frost's contract and everything, and it was like at that time you still had people, whether it was in the athletic department, the fan base, you had people on both sides of the fence, mm-hmm. both sides of the fence on whether you should keep Scott Frost and retain him or you should get rid of him and time to move on. Now after Georgia Southern, there is there it's clarity. There's still some, but for the most and part, there, there might be still some. But there probably shouldn't be anymore. No, because you know, just walk you through this season, North or Northwestern. You're up eleven and you kick an onside kick, while Mark Whipple was calling the plays the entire time. Mm-hmm. So you know it was Mark Whipple's offense, 
and then Scott Frost decides to make one decision in the game. Well, one huge decision that he makes in terms of play calling cost possibly cost Nebraska the game and all the momentum. It did cost you all the momentum. I still believe I'm. I'm just you still had, you still had opportunities to I'm, win. Yeah, I'm sticking by it. You had opportunities, but that was a but it's very, a big momentum. That thing, is a right? very dumb call. If in the if, if you if you have momentum, there's a chance you push. There's a better chance you push it in the end zone because you do that. They recover. They have a short field. They score. It's a it's a one score game. They're excited. They feel like they can do this. If you kick it off and you stop them. Mm-hmm. There you go. So I, I think it's interesting. Um, but then I mean, you walk through the rest. Is you're, you're tied at seven against North Dakota, and then obviously the Georgia Southern fiasco. Which I, I, the narrative after Georgia Southern was it's not Frost's fault; it's the defense's fault. And I, I suppose there is some truth to that. But over the last four years and change, there has been a lot of common. There, there's been only a few common denominators, and Scott Frost is one of them. And you're I mean, judged. You you're wanna... judged in this business by wins and losses even and if he you was 16 and 31 blame the defense you're still the head coach and you have say if the defense is truly that bad you have say in changing things mm-hmm. you 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 can go into the defensive meeting rooms and and kind of get on them and and let them realize that they're not playing well maybe he did do that and maybe it just didn't change but you can make changes to the defensive personnel if that's if that's what it takes you can you can do all these things as a head coach and for whatever reason, it all stayed the same. Maybe they did try to change and it just didn't work. But at the end of it all, mm-hmm. you're the head man. It all falls back on you. When they win, it's you. When they lose, it's you. Well, when they win, it's everybody. When they lose, it's you. That's just how it is. It's part of the job. Yeah. 402-464-5685, the Honda Flickin' Hotline, the Starter Heyman text line. We get this. There's a couple texts that I want to get to for sure. Uh, first up, wet blanket. Guys, be careful with the, quote, new voice narrative. It creates an expectation that Mickey can fix it with just his presence. That's not fair to him. This team has huge issue, issues, excuse me, and we can't judge Mickey if his voice alone can't write the shink, sinking ship. And I, I would agree with that to a certain extent. I would also mention that we don't know yet if Mickey's voice can write this sinking ship when Mickey didn't might, may not have had a big enough voice, if that makes sense. Before, Mickey, yeah, before. Well, I, I Mickey has a big voice now. Yeah, but I, I get he what is wet blanket. The voice. I get what wet blanket is trying to say. Like, just because you get rid of one person and you and you elevate another person doesn't mean that you know the holes on the defensive line are going to be closed in the running game, or that everybody's going to be able to to all of a sudden tackle somebody in the open field one on one. But wet blanket, what it does, what it does do is change the way that things are being handled. In practice, within the within the walls of the football facility, maybe more people are being held accountable for things that they're doing or not doing. So, th- in that instance, it can change. I don't expect wholesale crazy. I'm not Nebraska expecting Nebraska to go last defense go nine to nine and two. This I'm not year, expecting them to go from one of the worst defenses in the country to you know even a top fifty defense. But I am expecting some type of improvement where you're not missing as many tackles yeah. where the holes aren't as big every single time a team tries to run the ball. Yeah, they're going to give up some some big runs. It just happens. It happens to everybody. It happened to Georgia last year, and they were one of the best defenses mm-hmm. I've ever seen. But guess what? It, it happens. But to cut back on those mistakes is something that maybe Mickey's voice can do. And again, I, I agree with you. That is putting a lot of pressure on him if you're just saying, oh, a new voice is going to change things. But on the other hand, 
his voice will carry more weight now that he is the interim head coach. I think that's, I think that's a, that's a good way to describe that, Rico. Um, and not to bring this up, and, and I don't want to beat a dead horse, but don't forget, we wouldn't be hearing it from Mickey Joseph if it was just the regular season and Scott Frost was the head coach. Yep, we don't hear from the assistants. We don't get to hear from the assistants. We don't know how big of a voice Mickey Joseph had. We don't know how much, I suppose, he had in, in terms of personnel decisions mm-hmm. and who was out there at certain times, right? Because that was such a big criticism of the Scott Frost era was personnel at certain situations in the game. That's different now. That's gonna like that is where once again we might not see the changes right off the bat against Oklahoma this week. I would honestly, Rico, and I know you're in the same boat as me here. I would honestly say that I have more confidence that things look somewhat similar this Saturday. But with a bye week and then a game against Indiana, you're gonna have two full weeks. And at that time, obviously, you'll have three full weeks of Mickey Joseph being the head coach. Mm -hmm. And going into that Indiana game, it's not going to be Fox Big Noon kickoff. It's not going to be the the set being being you know constructed out behind the Nebraska Union. It's not going to have the whole the the luster. Here's the thing, also the the storylines of Lance Leipold and Chris Kleiman and Jamie Chadwell or. Chad, Coach Chadwell at Coastal Carolina, and Dave Doran at NC State, and uh, Jim Leonard at Wisconsin. All of that is going. All, all of those guys being asked about the Nebraska job is going to be done. It's going to be, and I'm not saying that Nebraska's camp is having to deal with that, but that's just another outside distraction that this fan base is having to deal with, mm-hmm. and something that we're talking about every single day. And so, at that moment here, after this week. And after they play a game on Saturday, and after the bye week especially, that is when we're really going to start to see, I think, some changes with how they operate, not only on a day-to-day basis, but in-game. And personnel, and play, not, not necessarily play calling. That is going to be fascinating because we know Whipple will have a full open, a wide open playbook now. It's all him. It's all him. And it's just going to be, there's going to be a lot of fascinating discoveries over the next, you know, couple weeks, maybe even past Oklahoma, because once again, we might not see it this Saturday, and I think it's okay as long as Nebraska is competitive and they come out playing high energy, mm-hmm. because you're going to have a lot of eyes on you, and Nebraska needs to show up one of these times when when there's a lot of eyes on them. Let's go ahead and wrap up the show coming up in a couple minutes. Uh, I want to get to your guys' text. There's plenty of them here. There's actually quite a few here that I want to get to. Uh, 402-464-5685, the Honda Lincoln Hotline, the Sutter Heyman text line. We're happy to take your calls as well. We'll be right back. Wrapping up a Wednesday on the happy hour on the ticket. Download our app by searching 93.7 The Ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are. More of the happy hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.